this highpoint.com 400 betting preview and betting picks episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details now at circasports.com. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb To the Poconos we go. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez, And as I said, we are going to the Tricky Triangle over there in Pennsylvania. It is the Poconos. It is the High Point 400. Highpoint.com 400. Sorry, High Point. Got it wrong. But uh, yeah, it's exciting. We came off of an exciting 30-1 to hit last week. God knows what we have in store this week, Cody. I... For one, I'm super excited to see where this week takes us. I am too. I uh, man, last week was a lot of fun. Had a great time. Uh, fun to hit the thirty to one. We hit a lot of bets last week. We have got a lot of races this week. We're covering a lot of races. A lot of races to bet on. I'm excited. Feeling another good week. We've been. Uh, I want to jinx it too much. Knock on wood, right? But uh, it's been. We've been hitting our summer heater, which seems to be. We're only two years in, so trends are, you know, take this lightly, but it's been the trend so far. It's kind of, we get to this time of year and we just really find our groove. We start hitting things good. Uh, that's been the case again this year. So been a lot of fun. And uh, I will say this cup series was a little tougher to make picks this week. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's going to feel a little chalky. I think I have, I need to look at, I should look at your card before we start this sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes it's more fun to just learn as we go. But for me, at least, a little more on the chalky side, a little less adventurous, and a little more, I think it's going to kind of just go the way it went last week almost again. Like, I, I don't see much craziness happening here. Um, and there's, you know, the books, I think, agree because there's not a ton of value out there in a lot of spots. Of course, we did find some really good bets that we like. I'm locked in on a driver that I really like this week, um, and he's made us some money lately, so there is that. But uh, I think I think there is still some some pretty decent options. Just had to really comb through the books this week because it didn't uh, last week. Man, I couldn't get enough of of uh, things were jumping out to me and and things were just screaming take me. And uh, books have adjusted a little bit this week. So and if you notice, obviously you guys out there, you comb through as many books as we do. But there are names that continue to pop up in just about every single situation. Head to heads, it's tough to pick some of these ones that aren't the same two drivers 
or at least the same driver pit it up against somebody else, and then the same driver pit it up against that person. Like the same four or five names have circulated through the head to heads and a lot of these manufacturers, and their odds are respectively low considering it. So, yes, this is in a DFS day, this would definitely be a super chalky week. So, I'm with you, Cody. I, I was having a little bit of trouble trying to find exactly what I wanted, but I, I found some ways to work around what I wanted as well. And then, you know, you liken this to a situation where, look, it, especially in football, a lot of us are football fans. We know how this goes. And we know that if the 15 and one Eagles are, are playing in the last week against, uh, you know, the Browns, right? It, it's very hard to say that you can make a case for, okay, I, maybe I should say 13 and one, because if I say 15 and one, then they only have one game left and the price sitting everybody. So the 13 and one Eagles taking on the Browns, Right, it's it's kind of hard for you to go. Yeah, but the Browns could win, and yes, they could win. It's any given Sunday, but the likelihood of that happening is what drives the odds and the Eagles' odds for everything. Right, rushing yards, anything are hard to pick, and that's exactly what we're getting on this track. There's a lot of there's a well, okay, I would say a lot, but there is a select amount of drivers that are phenomenal on this track, and the odds reflect that. So it's very difficult to step away from that because year in and year out they're continuing to do good on this track so they make the case for themselves and and we'll make the case for them as well because we have to but at the same time it's like we we would be irresponsible if we told you that we're going to take super big swings at this track this week given the fact that if you take super big swings more often than not they're not going to pay out yeah exactly i think that's uh that's a really good point all that being said we did find some really good bets there's Man, this first matchup I have, I I freaking love so much. Multiple bets on here that I do love a lot. Going to be a lot of fun. I'm just going to say, if you listen to the Cup Series show and you don't listen to Xfinity or Trucks, first of all, you missed out last week because that's where we gave out the 30-1. to 1. was on the Xfinity show. It was John Hunter to win the, the Xfinity Series race, Truex to win the Cup Series race. Of course, that one cashed for us. If you listen to this one, you got Truex at 7-1 to 1 as well, but... Uh, a lot better if you had the seven to one and the thirty to one. So listen, but man, truck series, there's no so weird, Rod. But it's late on a late on a Tuesday here. No Xfinity series odds at all. We've got truck series odds though, and a full slate of truck series odds. So we may end up doing shows in a different order this week, depending on how things come out. But I am super, super excited to give out truck series bets this week. A ton of cup series guys in the truck series. We always talk about odds are super inflated. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Of course, we'll cover that later in the week. But if you normally only listen to the Cup Series show, I'm telling you, come back for the trucks this week. Come back for Xfinity, too, because we're going to have good stuff there. But I've already got a foresight into what I'm planning to do in the truck series. And uh, a lot of weeks, it's tough in the truck series coming through. But not this week. I love it. Uh, and, man, yeah, I'm pumped again. So many races this week, so many races to cover, so many races to bet on and talk about. I love it. Me too. And again, like you said, the truck series was a, a very fun, eye-opening experience in the odds market. So going to be fun talking about that. But it's always fun talking about Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor are back. You get $14 million in guaranteed prizes all up for grabs. You want to play Circa Millions? Get five NFL picks against the spread each week. Try to make those millions. And for Circa Survivors, just like any other Survivor platform out there, pick a different money line winner each week. Hopefully, you survive from week to week and cash your bet. 
Uh, enter in Vegas. That's the best part about this. You can enter in Las Vegas and win anywhere. You can play anywhere, win anywhere. Doesn't matter. Just enter in Vegas initially. If you're there in the last week of August, say hi to Sean and Ryan. They're going to be out there. The Sports Gambling Podcast proper. If you don't listen to them, well, first of all, I'm sure you that's how you found. So you guys are listening to them already. But if you've kind of stumbled upon us and you want more in-depth on every other thing out there, Go to the Mothership Sports Gambling Podcast. They have it as well. Go out there to Vegas in the last week of August. Meet them. Have some fun. More details on this, as always, go to CircusSports.com. CircusSports.com. Tell you what I'd do with that Circus Sports money, though. That $14 million. I would fly you, me, and probably 10 listeners out to Pocono to have some fun. I know that... uh, I got my friends Seth and Elliot from the back road on the IBT in between media. They're going to be out there having some fun. Uh, it'd be fantastic. Although I know you're going to be in Iowa this weekend, so you wouldn't be able to make it. But, uh, you know, we'd figure something out. We could probably fly everybody out everywhere. <laughs> I mean, if you got enough, right? You, you hit the hit the Iowa race and then you fly over to Pocono and uh, make it work out. But uh, It's $14 million. No, it's, uh, A pilot's willing 14. to do it for that, I'm sure. Exactly. I'm sure we're going to have the Rod V Gomez 400 next year, too, if you hit that, because let's go. Why not? Right. Just sponsor a race yourself. I do it. I the NASCAR gambling podcast uh, 400. The uh, yeah, the NASCAR gambling podcast presented by Rod V Gomez and the sports gambling podcast network 400. Then it would sound like a regular race, right? With all of those words in it <laughs> presented by walmart john deere <laughs> m&ms like uh, the string of everybody the nascar gambling podcast 400 via rod via gomez sponsored by sports gambling podcast network presented by underdog and circa and <laughs> and like <laughs> everything just goes else. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing uh i'd probably have to throw the 10th mountain whiskey in there too uh, we've been talking about 10th Mountain uh, Mount Spirits, I would definitely do that. So, uh, All right, before we go too far down the rabbit hole, uh, this is, of course, like we said, it's the Pocono Raceway in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. The drivers will take 160 laps around this two-and-a-half-mile paved track. Uh, it definitely is the... the- remember, remember how nice it was last week, Rod, to have a track that had some comparable tracks. Yeah, this has zero. I, we call it the tricky triangle because it's exactly, it is a triangle. It's not an oval. It's not a super speedway. It's not a short track. It's literally pretty much three drag strips into some pretty sharp corners. And that's what they're going to be facing. Different bankings, different uh, situations. And they didn't they base each corner off of some different corner? Yeah, a, I was just thinking yeah. about that. I was going to see if I could look it up quickly. I know that one of them is based off of Indianapolis. Um, so there is that. Yeah. The, each of these corners represents a different, a different, uh, a different track and a different way that they go about it. Um, and, and Pocono is actually not owned by NASCAR or Speedway Motorsports. So it is its own entity. Uh, and that's the thing. One so of the few places. Yeah. Track, uh, turn one is modeled after Trenton Speedway, uh, which is in Trenton, New, New Jersey. Jersey. Turn two is the tunnel turn modeled after, like Cody said, the Indianapolis Speedway. And then turn three is modeled after the Milwaukee Mile, which if you can know and figure out where Milwaukee is, then that's where turn three is. So, yes, there is no turn four at the Pocono Raceway. It is literally three Milwaukee, turns. Milwaukee Mile, too, uh, making a comeback for the, the truck series later this season. That's They're going right. to be there at the... In the playoffs, end of August. So that was, it's always been a fun track. Yeah. Not to get sidetracked again, but uh, eh, eh, it's but a hey. day for it. 
Um, but yes, it is two and a half miles, exactly. a lot like the super speedway, obviously, but not a super speedway because, uh, you're not going to be reaching the speed. You're not gonna be drafting on this track for sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's a beast in and of itself. And everybody that, that gets around it will tell you exactly the same, which is why there are drivers who excel on this track. And we're going to talk a lot about them because this is a very unique track. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's nothing at, at all like this. First of all, it's shaped like a triangle. So that in and of itself is the most unique characteristic, obviously. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's three different straightaways. They're all different lengths. They're all different bankings. It's 14 degrees in turn one, eight degrees in turn two, six degrees in turn three. Um, I believe all three of them are different. Are they different shapes or different uh, lengths rather? Yes, yeah, they pretty yeah. much all are. Yeah, because the yeah. the yeah, when you head well, into yeah, turn you have one, the very very long one, yep. and then it's kind of yeah, a mid size one. You know, from from one to two is is mid size, and three to four is much short, or <laughs> two to three rather is much shorter. There is no turn four here. No, there is not. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a triangle. It's uh, <laughs> that's what it is. It's a long track. It's a big track. It's gonna be fast, and there's nothing to compare it to. It's not. And there's not a ton of characteristics even from any of these other places we go to. I mean, you can't compare it to super speedway because it's not that style of racing. Intermediates, it's hard to compare it to because it's not the oval shape and it's it's more flatter and it's it really it is its own. I mean, this one, this one really more than any of the other ones that are their own and there's no comparables. There really isn't anything else you can take this from. Um, other than just kind of how things are going for drivers currently and how they've done at this track in the past. I think those are those are going to be the two main things you're going to look at. It's pretty much the Frankenstein of all tracks in this. So obviously, those of you who are what NASCAR fans... What an idea, too. Whoever, I mean, to come up with a triangle-shaped track, like, how fucking brilliant. Like, it's great. I love it. Man, we need more odds. I mean, Indianapolis is kind of a rectangle, right? So it's... It's still it's still an oval kind of, but it's at least a little different. A triangle? Oh man, it's great. Yeah, and I would have probably never ever thought to have made a triangle track. So which is why I'm no not in, intuitive or and and <laughs> I don't have uh what in in what do you call that when uh, obviously I don't have it, so I don't know what it's called when you can come up with ideas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ingenuity Shout out to, uh, to Roger Ward. He was the architect yes. on this. Um, a World War II P-38 aviator in the United States Army Air Force, and then an American race car driver with 26 victories in top echelon open wheel racing, two Indianapolis 500 victories, a couple of USAC national championships. This dude was a baller. And yet he came up with one of the more iconic and brilliant of all uh, of the races on here. Uh, and, you know, here's the thing about this. Uh, they've been running this as a cup series since 1974. Uh, first race was won by... I was going to give Cody a chance at 1974 oh, to figure 74, out... 74, Richard Petty. There you go. Richard Petty and his 74 <laughs> Dodge won this. Uh, Boy, David, that's, a, that's a hard guess to make. <laughs> seriously, right? Uh, 73, it was... Or 75, rather. David Pearson drove his 73 Mercury to the victory. And then, of course, uh, Petty again in 76... Uh, won it in a Dodge, so yeah. I mean, and they came here twice a year for a while, uh, from '82 to 2021, I think. Uh, and then last season was the first season that they actually cut it back to just one race. So very interesting. And in 2021, they had the back-to-back -back days, similar to what I was, you know, or IndyCar is doing at Iowa this weekend, where 
they race Saturday, then race Sunday, giving that thing a try. But uh, yeah, now we're down to just the one. But uh, they've plenty of experience for a lot of the guys. These guys that have been around for a long time do twice a year racing here. They've uh, they've definitely got got all the experience and the and the the time on this track. Yeah, and the 2020 was obviously uh, very much COVID driven. They needed to to fill in those ranks. So the back to back days, I'm that was a tough one too. I remember. <laughs> Kevin Harvick won the first day and Denny Hamlin won the second, but I don't think either of those races went uh, the same way. It was it was a very unique way to go about it, and I'm sure the drivers would not want to that do whole, that again. Yeah. That whole season was unique. <laughs> yeah, it was. Although I do miss the Wednesday night races. That was great, but uh, yeah. oh well. <laughs> well, we get Thursday night thunder this week or this, this right. season. So exactly. Much different circumstances, but still we'll definitely take it. Uh, again, from a betting strategy, we'll tell you as we break down our bets, obviously we're going to take guys with experience here. We're going to take guys who know how to get around it, guys that have been red hot. So that's what we're looking at as we break down Pocono. But let's turn our attention to Underdog Fantasy for a hot second. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pickup is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. Plus, get down on some NASCAR too with us. We're going to toss in and sprinkle back in a little underdog uh, over unders over there on our favorite, uh, or I'm sorry, more or less rather uh, than our when we were going to break it down, our DFS. That was a lot of fun last week. We'll do it again this time. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. You want more action? Get over to underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Well, Cody, like we said, it is, of course, Pocono. It is the highpoint.com 400. I think it's high time we actually put down some bets, my friend. I'm, I'm excited to get to these because, like you said, we found some good ones, and, and I, I think we're going to hit pretty big this week. Yeah, I think so, too. First up for me, Absolutely love this head-to-head. This one's over on Superbook. William Byron over Christopher Bell, minus 120. Rod, in the last 11 races on the Cup Series schedule, 10 times William Byron has finished ahead of Christopher Bell. Joe Gibbs Racing is very, very good on this track. So that is my one caveat to this because I'm going to make a lot of arguments for Joe Gibbs Racing going forward after this bet. But... They were good at New Hampshire last week, and Bell was good for a minute, but look what happened, right? It's just been very rough for Bell. He won that Bristol dirt race, and ever since, it's just been downhill for him. There's been multiple tracks where you expect him to be good. You expect him to show up, and it just didn't happen. Even last week in New Hampshire, looks good in practice. He qualifies fastest. One lap he led after starting on the pole. He gave up the lead. Obviously, the pit problems. Then he gets caught up and stuff. It just His day snowballed at that point, but... Things have not been going well for Christopher Bell. We're fresh off of William Byron stinking up the show in the second half of the race at New Hampshire. I think people are forgetting early in that race, he was one of the fastest cars. He was up front. Things were looking great. Had the pit road incident. I think it was Justin Haley and him made contact on pit road. Things didn't go well for him after that. I think a result of that and everything that kind of transpired from that on. But... Uh, the only race where Bell has gotten Byron was at Sonoma, so that's a road course, not even really super compatible to to this track and all these other ovals and everything. It's been William Byron getting him time and time again. Um, over that time, 
William Byron, in those last 11 races, William Byron has led 366 laps. Christopher Bell has been out front just 93 of those uh, 93 laps in those races. Um, and then if you go back and look at their history here, Bell has got five races started at this track, and he does have two top five finishes. So I will note that because that is a positive in his column. The other three races, however, 17th, 32nd, and 39th, unreliable. William Byron has nine starts at this track. 18th place he finished in his very first start here in the eight races since he's never finished worse than that. It's been better and better. He's got two top five finishes as well and five top 10 finishes in those nine races. Things have been going well for, for William Byron. I mean, that alone is, is a good track record here. He's not necessarily ever been super great, but he's had good finishes. He's done well. And the way things are going this season, he's got the four wins. He's been one of the best cars. I know there's a little bit of a sour taste in the mouth from how he finished last week, but his performance early in that race, not indicative of, of what the finish ended up being after getting caught up in some stuff. 10 of the last 11 races, he's beat him head to head. I could have probably stopped the argument there, but there were so many other good points to continue to go on for. I absolutely love this bet. As of now, probably the favorite bet I've seen for the Cup Series side of things. Um, I really, really like this one. William Byron over Christopher Bell, minus 120 over on Superbook. And, and I like it, too, from an obvious standpoint. of Christopher Bell is just as good as he is. It, sometimes you just don't see it. And then when you do see it, it doesn't last very long. And, and for William Byron, obviously, you're right. He's been so good so much this season that it's definitely hard. And I, and I like the, the fact that this is not overjuiced as well. So um, I very much like that bet. Uh, all right, listen, if you listened to the F1 Gambling Podcast earlier this week, then you know I'm taking big swings this week. I'm taking some pretty big risks on... Uh, Rod's, on Rod's trying to switch roles. He wants to be big swing guy. I don't, but I don't want to be. Like, I just, I, this week sort of lends itself to big swings, I think. And, and like we said, there's a lot of safe plays out there, and that's fine. I'm going to give out a few more safe plays later on. But I think there are some value, there is some value, rather, in taking some swings. And this is one of those that I think there's some value in. And, and again, you're going to say to me, this is a pretty big swing, Rod, because Eric Jones has not been fantastic this season. Legacy Motorsports has been sort of marking time until they can get into those Toyota rides next year. And I get it. I get it. But Eric Jones' top 10 odds on three six bet 365 plus 550 for a top 10 finish for Eric Jones. Now, again, you say to me, but Rod, Eric Jones only has three top 10 finishes this season. And you're absolutely correct. I 100% agree with you. But Eric Jones over the last couple of weeks has finished in 11th place in both Atlanta and in New Hampshire, knocking on the door of a 10th place finish. The week before that, 16th in Chicago. We know how much of a ridiculous mess of a show that was in Chicago he still finished 16th is that a top 10 no but who knows what could have happened had that race played itself out eighth place in Nashville right 18th in Gateway still not fantastic there but he's been close 14th at Bristol Dirt again none of these are top 10 finishes I understand but Eric Jones has been knocking on the door of the legacy drivers he is the one that has suffered the least amount of tragedy over the course of the whole season, right? And he's kept himself clean enough to make, like I said, back-to-back -back 11th place finishes. On this track, as a driver of the 43 car, he was he finished in ninth place last year. 
I'm impressed, not just from a ninth place finish, not from a tenth place, you know, top ten finish for Eric Jones, but the fact that he drove from 34th to ninth to finish in the top ten last year on this track. I guarantee you it's probably going to take another Herculean effort like that this week to get him back up to the front inside the top 10. He may even start about 34th again, but he's highly motivated. He's able to do it on this track. He's able to find it. Last, the two years before, rather, the 2021, he finished 31st. That was bad. But as a, as a Joe Gibbs driver, Cody just talked about it, third place in 2020, second place in 2019, third place in 2019, fifth place in 2018, eighth place in 2017, third place in 2017. So again, he knows how to get into the top five. He knows how to get in the top 10. This is a track that he's comfortable on. I know the equipment's not the same, but you know, again, he's been knocking at the door. I think this is the, this is the week that he'll find himself by hook or by crook, as, as my buddy my, uh, Matthew Barry always likes to say on his show, uh, into the top 10. Yeah, I think that this isn't a bad bet either way because this legacy team has been so up and down that if they suck, oh, well, they sucked and they've sucked all year, right? It was plus 550, who cares? But there's still that chance they could be good. We've seen the flashes. We know it's there. Eric Jones is a very, very talented guy. Um, I, I still deeply believe in Eric Jones's talent. I think he's a very good driver. Um, and we know he can get it done. Some really good finishes here, obviously, in Joe Gibbs' equipment, so that's going to skew it a little, but um, he, he could do it. One other thing I want to mention, too, um, you're going to see a lot of games in this race. So this track is so long, it takes so long to get around it. It's going to look like road courses have in the past when it comes to stages. You're going to have people staying out trying to get points. So there's guys that are on this cut line, the McDowells, the Elliots, the Almondingers, the Suarez, those types of guys probably going to try and stay out and get points. If you have guys leading the race that that want to stay out and get that playoff point because they're, you know, they want to pile those up, they might stay out. But I think as long as you're basically with that lead pack, you can pit, get back out, not lose your lap, and flip the stages. So with the last couple of laps, we're going to see that. Um, and so with games like that being played, you could see guys like Jones get off strategy, end up in the top 10. Um, <laughs> this Pocono is notorious for races being cut short. And surprisingly, the weather actually looks pretty good here this weekend. Like, knock on wood because, you know, it's been rough for like a month and a half straight with NASCAR races. But Friday, there could be some weather. It'll affect some Xfinity Truck Series practice and qualifying. But rest of the weekend, at least as of now, looks good. So might not be an issue. But in the past, there's been fog issues. There's been, you know, literally fog has shortened races to end them early. There's been other things. So Eric Jones, though, definitely a guy who can put himself in position. Just depends which legacy motor club team shows up, right? Whether it's the one that does good or the one that runs out back all all the time. But plus five fifty, I think that is worth it. Next up for me, Rod, I would not touch this guy at all last year. Now twice in the last five weeks, he's cashed thirty to one or higher tickets for us. Back on the Martin Truex Jr. train, top five minus one twenty over on Bet three sixty five. Why not, Rod? A top five for a guy who let's throw out Atlanta and Chicago over the last couple weeks, right? Two complete wild card races, super speedway, somewhere we'd never been before. If you throw those two races out, um, Martin Truex Jr. has been on freaking fire. 
He has got finishes of, um, oh boy, my notes are just all over the place this week. I need to work on that. It's because you're super excited. But, <laughs> that's all there is to I it. I am. Man. I am super excited about it. But uh, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, has three straight top two finishes in a row and five top five finishes in a row. Again, throwing out Atlanta, Chicago. Didn't have good finishes there. I don't care because of the styles of track they were. But very, very good finishes from Martin Truex Jr. Joe Gibbs Racing. Again, we talked about it in the, the recap show uh, yesterday. But they Denny Hamlin won this race. Kyle Busch was second last year. They were both disqualified after the race. First time NASCAR disqualified a driver since 1960. Chase Elliott was awarded the win. But if you count that Gibbs win... and all it was for was a piece of tape underneath the wrap. Likely did not contribute to them actually winning, but NASCAR with the new car, they didn't want to they wanted to send the message, sent the message, whatever. So we're gonna count that as a Gibbs win. Six wins in a row on this track. Seven of the last eight. That's actually not accurate. That is for <laughs> that is for the just this race, I guess, technically which is the second or the first race. But either way, they've won a lot of freaking races here lately. That's the point. Um, so Gibbs has been very, very good. He's been good. He's on fire this season. He's back in the points lead. He's got three wins on the season, a fourth win if you count the clash to call him. He has been performing well. And like I said, five straight finishes in the top five outside of Atlanta and Chicago. Um, and for him to get in the top five again this week, at only minus 120 at a track that Gibbs very well dominates. Gibbs, arguably, I think at this point in time, probably the best team right now in the Cup Series. It's still very close with Hendrick, but the way that things have been going the last couple of weeks, specifically with Truex, we've seen some flashes from some of the other guys as well. Uh, Truex is on the top of his game. I don't think that's going to slow down right now. Uh, so give me Martin Truex Jr., top five. <clears throat> Excuse me. Minus 120 over on Bet365. Can't argue with you there. Obviously, Martin Truex Jr., heavy, heavy favorite going into this again just because of the fact that he's been, like you said, on fire. It's it's really not a secret. It's probably the least kept secret in the garage that Truex has found something uh, that he's been able to drive for over the last few months, and, and kudos to him. I mean, obviously, if anybody needed a turnaround season, it was Martin Truex Jr., so... Uh, yeah, again, I can't argue with you on that. And as far as, you know, Gibbs and Hendrick now being sort of the 1A, 1B, and, and you could probably flip a coin on, on any, any given day on which one is which, but, uh, you, you know, we're not used to seeing, or we're used to seeing like Larson and Elliott in the, in the winner's circle, Byron in the winner's circle almost every single week. And now it seems like we're more talking about these Gibbs cars in the front of the pack and, uh, and it definitely is something to get used to. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that as well. Uh, I'm going to the well one more time. I feel like I haven't mentioned this guy's name nearly enough this season, uh, and that is Kevin Harvick. I I'm going to throw him out as a top five car. Uh, at plus 220, again, this is another one I feel like I'm taking a swing on because Kevin Harvick's final season has not necessarily gone the way that I think he envisioned it. Uh, we talk about him being a top 10 machine, but in the 20 races that he's been in right now, eight total top 10 finishes, only five top five his average finishing position is 14.2 so this doesn't necessarily garner a whole lot of uh, of warm and fuzzies when you come down to it but i will say this kevin harvick did finish fourth last week in new hampshire whether it was strategy whether it was whatever that got him there it doesn't matter he still finished fourth 
Maybe, just maybe. And we said last season, remember? We were talking a lot last season about how Kevin Harvick, we, we started to watch him sort of decline, and, and we weren't seeing the same performance out of him. And then all of a sudden, he busts out two wins in a row. That's what happens with Kevin Harvick. He can be in a slump and, and catch out of it like that. On a track like Pocono, I feel like this is exactly the kind of track he needs to snap out of it. Throw last season out. He, last season, he finished 27th, right, after starting 24th. It was a horrible time. We were talking about this. It was a very rough time for him in the middle of the season. Before that, though, 2021, fourth place. Eighth place in 2021. Again, second in 2020. He won this in the first 2020 race. Sixth place in 2019. 22nd in 2019 in the spring, but nah, whatever. Uh, but fourth place in 2018. Fourth place in 2018. Second place in 2017. Second place in the beginning of 2017. Uh, fourth in 2016. He has five races in a row that he had top five finishes. And in three of the last five, he's had top five finishes. Again, I, I preface that by saying this is not the same Kevin Harvick. Uh, but like I said, maybe this last race put him back in a mindset where he needs to start running up front. And, and look, time's running out on his final season. He doesn't want to go out with a whimper. I'm sure he would love nothing more than to put a good solid run out there on the track to sort of, you know, make it to where he's not going out and just sort of pittering out, right? They say old soldiers never die, they just fade away. Well, you know, old drivers never die and they just fade away. And I don't think he wants to do that. I think he wants to go out on, on at least really better terms than finishing 30th, 29th, 24th over three races of the last four. So give me Kevin Harvick top five plus 220 over on 365. Again, I like the plus money aspect of it. And it's hard in top fives to five in a lot of uh, plus money bets that are worth it. And I think this is one. Yeah, I mean, we all know what Kevin Harvick can do. Rod learned his lesson last week, tried to bet against Kevin Harvick. Mm. It backfired on him. So he's back on the train. Love to see it. Um, we're just going to set the entire top five for you today. <laughs> there is there is some pretty decent top five odds this week. Kyle Busch, I'm going to take top five, minus 110 over on bet 365. Um, Kyle Busch and Pocono, holy hell, Rod, it's been good. The caveat to that, of course, he's been with Joe Gibbs Racing in the past. Now he's over with Richard Childress Racing. So a little bit of a difference there, but we've still seen this isn't like New Hampshire where it's been so much Toyota and Chevys have just you know, not won in a long time or struggled. We've had Alex Bowman win here recently in a race that Kyle Larson won and literally blew a tire in the final turn at the end of the race and cost me a lot of money, but that's neither here nor there. But we, we've seen other guys be able to win in Chevrolets as well, so it's not, not completely out of the picture. But three races in a row at Pocono, um, Kyle Busch has crossed the line in first or second place at this race. Again, disqualified from second place last year, but crossed the line, top three, three races in a row. 11 of the last 12 races, he's crossed the line, finishing ninth or better, four wins in that 12-race span, seven top five finishes. Um, oh, boy, man, I just, I'm all over the place today, Rod. But it's, it's late. I, let's listen. For all, it, for all it, you guys out there, it is late <laughs> right now, and both of us got done with some really long days, it, so sorry. <laughs> yes, it has been a long day, but that's okay. I do still have my, my notes written here. Um, before last week, uh, Kyle Busch also had six top 10 finishes in a row, five of those being top five finishes. So Busch has been really on a good run lately. 
until last week in New Hampshire, we all know, right? He spun out in practice, spun out in qualifying, spun out in the race. New Hampshire was just not his week, not his day. All that's behind him. I think he's going to get back to a track that he absolutely loves. He's very, very, very good at, uh, and things are going to go well. Something else that I've been looking at when I've been trying to see how I think that Kyle Busch is going to do, how did the eight car do with Tyler Reddick at these tracks? Because there seems to be some correlation, and I don't have all the stats to back it up, but there, to me, what I've noticed, there seems to be correlation with if Tyler Reddick was good at it last year, Kyle Busch also seems to be good at it. I think a lot of that goes to Randall Burnett, how they're setting up this eight car. They've obviously got some things figured out. Um, and Tyler Reddick finished second place last year after the disqualifications, right? Crossed the line of fourth, but ends up second Chase Elliott in the final official results. Ninth and 11th in the two races prior to that. So very solid, positive results from Tyler Reddick. You throw in Kyle Busch, having a hell of a lot of success, right? He's already got three wins this season on all three, you know, three different styles of tracks. He's been very good throughout multiple races. He, he's got, again, before last week, five, uh, five top fives in six races. So been very, very good run for Kyle Busch. I think that keeps up this week. Only minus 110 for one of the best, if not the best driver at this track in recent history uh, over on Bet365 to get a top five. Give me some Kyle Busch. Well, I'll chime in on that one a little bit later, but I fully support that one. Uh, I think that's a no-brainer as well. Uh, I'm going to get into one of my head-to-heads. I have Brad Keselowski over Bubble Wallace on this track. Now, for Bubble Wallace, it actually isn't a bad a track as one would think. Since he joined the 23 team, he actually has had some success on this. Uh, in his time with the 43, not good. Uh, a strew of 20, 20th place finishes, a 30th in there, uh, you know, a few times. But since joining this 23 team, he got he had gotten progressively better. 14th in 2021, fifth in 2021 again, and then eighth place last year in the uh, in the 2022 race here but listen he's been getting in his way quite a bit this season and it's it's rough for Bubba uh and and again after a good finish last week you would think that maybe just maybe he's got himself turned around right he's got an eighth place finish in Loudoun and there was a stretch there that he you know fourth place in Kansas fifth at Darlington fourth at Charlotte you had thought to yourself all right he's on our tear but then 30th in Gateway 17th at Sonoma 15th at Nashville not bad finishes, but you would expect more out of Bubba. 31st, 25th in Atlanta before an eighth place last year. It's just, again, it's a hit or miss situation for Bubba Wallace. And he, I don't think he's really in the right headspace for this race in particular, even though, like I said, he did finish eighth. But a lot of that was strategy related too. He started eighth, finished eighth, but there was a lot that happened to Bubba Wallace in between that. So for him to be able to pull out an eighth place finish was a miracle. I don't know that uh, if, if things would have shaken out a little differently, that would have been any different. For Brad Keselowski, I mean, his season has not necessarily been the glowing portrait of a perfect season, either eight top tens in 20 starts, but he is riding a decent two-race stretch where he's finished sixth in Atlanta and fifth at Loudoun, so he even outperformed uh, Bubba Wallace in that last race. So his average finishing position, Brad Keselowski, 14.9 versus a 17.7 for Bubba Wallace, but look, Brad Keselowski on this track has been phenomenal. Now, granted, it was in that two car, uh, and it wasn't in the six, right, where last season he finished 14th in the six car, but before that, third place in 2021, 
10th in the one before, 11th in the 2020, 9th, 8th, 2nd, uh, 38th, but 5th, 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 2nd, 3rd, 2nd. That's the potential of Brad Keselowski. And last week we saw him get into the top five, which I think is his potential again. I don't think he's going to do it, but I do think that he's at least going to get inside the top 10, whereas Bubba Wallace, I don't know that he's going to get inside the top 10 this week. And so at minus 115, I'm going to go ahead and take bread over Bubba in this. Like I said, this one won't be a slam dunk, for, and maybe even for most of the race, it may be the other way around, but I think by the end of it, Brad will have a better finish than Bubba. Uh, find that at 115, minus 115 on 365. Yeah, this one is a tough one, like you said. It, it is really tough. It's, it's a good matchup. Um, one, I think the positive you could give towards Bubba, I expect Toyota to be really fast, right? And Ford, the the speed on the bigger tracks has been the biggest question with them, right? And we, we're not exactly sure how that's going to play out, but... I mean, Bubba had a good string of four straight top four finishes or, or top five finishes rather earlier on the season, but things have been pretty rough for him here lately. Um, he's likely going to be points racing more than anything because he is currently, is he? I think he's just out of the playoffs or maybe he's just in. Either way, he's right on the bubble of the playoffs. Um, he is just in two, literally two points to the yeah, good. Yeah, I was going to say, he's right so, there on the bubble. Yeah, so he might his finish might lack a little from that if they're chasing stage points and things. Um, and, and Keselowski again, you just you can continue to rely on him to get you pretty solid finishes week in and week out. Things continue to be headed up for that team, so uh, I do think that's a good bet. And actually, my next bet is Keselowski as well. I'm going to take him for a top ten finish, plus one forty over on Caesars. Um, like you said, fourteenth place finish last season. 12 of the last 13 races at this track though he's finished inside of the top 11 that is the key here right i get it that was penske that was the two car things are a little different now but things are still looking up things are getting better he knows how to do it he's got 11 top five finishes on this track eight top 10 finishes this season alone so that right there i mean again Yes, he's not a Penske anymore. Yes, he's over at RFK now, but he's still finished in the top 10 eight times this season. He's getting it done. They continue to show improvements. And 12 of 13 races before last season inside of the top 11. That is very solid. You're getting him at plus money. Things are going well for Keselowski. Things are going well for the RFK camp. So I'd like him to get in the top 10 plus 140 over on Caesars. He just feels like a different driver right now where he's, I think, again, last season we talked about it, maybe the stress of being the owner and the driver of the team really did sort of play into it. I mean, we thought he would be able to sort of glide into it and, and be all right, and maybe, you know, just the pressures of it got to him. And maybe this year, you know, he's got a, a better understanding. He has a whole season behind him where he was the owner-driver, the off-season to sort of get a, acquainted to what that was going on. And now this year he can just concentrate on driving, whereas the other stuff is still there. But, I mean, he's got a better handle on what his role is. So, uh, again, I think I like it. And now, maybe even now, as the season is progressing into the summer months, you know, he's even got more confidence behind him. And, again, we saw it last week with that top-five finish for Krasowski. So, Maybe that six car is going to be a player toward the end, and it's definitely got the speed to be. It just needs to have the consistency for it. And, of course, both the cars, the 17 as well, looking good. So uh, definitely yeah, like that. And uh, one other thing, too, he's been, he's racing full-time in the SRX this season. 
again, it's six races, right? But he's doing all these Thursday Night Thunder races. Joey Logano, his former teammate, was in the booth this past weekend talking to Alan Beswick, which, by the way, Alan Beswick, one of the best in the business. I miss him calling NASCAR races, but love seeing him at SRX. Um, but Joey's like, I asked Brad, I'm like, dude, you own a team. He owns a manufacturing business. He's got all this shit going on. Why are you doing this? And Brad was like, I just want to get back to racing more. Like, I love racing. So I, I think that helps a guy like that. Like, he has got all these responsibilities, all these things. He's got young kids at home. He can just go out there, have fun on a Thursday night, get back to short track racing, how he grew up. And I think you saw that last week, right? Gets him into the groove for the weekend, ends up with a nice, solid fifth top five run uh, and for a great week. So I think that things like that help drivers and guys like Keselowski. I think it's getting him in the right mindset and things are just going to continue to click and go well here and that win he's going to snap that win streak here soon rod i don't know if it's going to happen this week just yet but uh i do like him to be in the top 10 for sure uh, it's like those guys that get promoted to manager those guys or gals that get promoted to manager and they just they miss doing what they were doing before they were a manager and they just want to go back out and do more of what they what they love to do rather than the administrative stuff of it so definitely love to see that for him uh my next head-to-head it's another tough one, but again, like I said, these same names keep popping up in these head-to-heads, and it's very difficult to take away anything else from these other than the same names. So I'm going to take Kyle Busch over Kyle Larson in the Battle of the Kyles this week, minus 125 over there on bet 365, and it's so hard to try to make a case for Kyle Busch over Kyle Larson because everybody knows and says, well, it's Kyle Larson, Rod. Uh, over the last several races, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven races. Five of those, he's had top 10 finishes. And in uh, four of those, they were top five finishes. I get it. I understand. Last week, he finished third in Loudoun, which was, again, another solid finish where Kyle Busch did not have the exact same one. But you already laid out the whole case for Kyle Busch on this track. He has been phenomenal, right? Uh, Kyle Busch. 18 top 10 finishes in his 35 starts, 11 top five finishes. He has led the third most laps around this track at 585 of active drivers. Pocono has just been his playground. He has got, what, four wins since the 2017 season on this track. So, and again, like you said, he would have finished second had it not been for that disqualification last year. So another top two finish, right? Whereas Kyle Larson on this track Not bad since he joined the five team, right? Three races since he's joined Hendrick Motorsports, ninth place, second place, and a fifth place finish. So all top 10 finishes, two top five finishes, really good on this track as well. But he does not have a win on this track. That is the one thing that has eluded Kyle Larson on this track is a win uh, on it. So I fully believe that uh, Kyle Busch has the capability of actually winning this race this week therefore i feel like it's tough for kyle larson to finish better than first place which uh and even if he doesn't finish first i don't think kyle larson is winning this i feel like kyle bush could be second in this which again if kyle larson doesn't win and kyle bush finished second that means larson's going to finish after him i mean it's just simple math at this point uh and at minus 125 again i feel like for kyle bush this is this is a, a great week for him to to break the slump he's been in a rut this guy and again like i said it's not as if the the finishes for Kyle Busch have been tragic right i mean we're, we can't we can't weep for Kyle Busch who's been one of the better drivers all season long with his three wins 12 top 10s and seven top 5s 
Uh, and in fact, what, before last week, before his Loudon crash, he had a string of top 10 finishes that went all the way back to Darlington. So I'm not going to cry for Kyle Busch. But again, it just feels like he's battling out there. He's finishing well, but he's battling a lot of either demons or other drivers or pit issues or whatever it is. Like, it just seems like he's not happy, but he's, he's getting the finishes. So, again, this week, a track he's been very historically good at. I feel like he's got an edge to beat Kyle Larson, as, as sacrilege as it may sound to some. Uh, but I'll take that at minus 125 on bet 365. I agree with you. I think this is the time to be off of Kyle Larson, as crazy as it sounds. He's plus 900, and you're thinking, gosh, like, you've got to bet him at this price, right? And I did get in on him at 16 to 1 last week because I thought that was definitely too high up there. But you look back, it's been over three months since Kyle Larson won a points paying Cup Series race. Um, he has seven finishes, a 29th or worse on the season. They've had a lot of bad luck. They're putting themselves in a lot of bad positions. The last seven races, Rod, he has led 13 total laps. This has not been the Kyle Larson that we've seen as of late. Um, and it just, it's things have been rough for them. And it's funny because you say they've been rough for him, right? He finished third last week, 36th at Atlanta, but he was fourth, fifth, eighth, fourth races before that he's managing good finishes, but it's not the way you normally see it. He's not up there running good. He's not, you know, winning a bunch of races. Kyle Larson has got, or Kyle Bush rather has got two more wins than Larson does on the season. Uh, or one more win, I guess Larson does have two wins. But it's just been rough for for Larson as far as not being the Larson we're used to and the Larson we think of when you think of how do you bet against Kyle Larson? It's almost sacrilegious. Like, but now is the time to do it because he's he's not getting it done. Now could he snap out of that this weekend? Lead every single lap, win the race? Yes, of course, right? He's the talent and in the equipment that that once they figure it out, watch out because it's going to be scary, right? And we know that. He's two seasons removed from winning 10 races, plus the all-star race, plus blowing a tire in the final corner at this track to make it 11 races. But uh, it's just, I think now is the time you have to bet against him until he, again, We how many times have we talked about this before, right? Until somebody proves otherwise, you go against them. Once they do, you snap out of it. But Kyle Busch, we've both talked about him, so freaking good here. And Larson just has not been up to that level here lately. So, uh I think that, that the Bush route is the way to go here. I concur. Uh, all right, Cody, what do you got next? Next up for me, I'm going to go to the Michael McDowell train, a uh, guy that we're both on in different ways this week. Top 10 finish, plus 800 over at Caesars. Absolutely love this. Michael McDowell right now is pointing his way into the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. He didn't have to win the Daytona 500. He didn't have to win a race. He is just pointing himself in, not by much. He's only one point to the good right now, right? But he is pointing his way in. He finished sixth here last year and eighth here in 2020. So that is two top 10 finishes fairly recently for a guy who's eight to one and having probably the best season outside of winning the Daytona 500, obviously, because that makes the season pretty good. But I mean, it's been really crazy. And in, in his last nine races here, he's finished inside the top 21 in all of those races. So again, he's making it to the end. He's being clean. And for a guy like that, if you're staying up inside that top 20, how much more does it take to get into the top 10 at eight to one? Uh, 
I like those odds there. Um, he and he's got a top 10 finish in four of the last six races. The one thing that scares me a little bit about this is if they points chase too much, it could throw the strategy off and his finish might not be as good, but they might play the strategy game the other way and try and get a better finish, take advantage of it. Uh, we'll kind of see how that part plays out. But I think at eight to one, it's definitely worth a sprinkle on Michael McDowell to take a top 10 plus 800 over on Caesars. And there's drivers, especially the the guys that we consider, and, and I say this with all due respect to everybody, but backmarkers, right? And I know Michael McDowell is not your typical backmarker. He's not a Ty Dillon. He's not a BJ McLeod. He's not any of those guys that typically we we hardly ever talk about on this show. But he is a guy that you know you don't necessarily talk about all the time. And he'll pop up every once in a while. And just like you said, exactly like this, he'll pop up with a, a top 10 potential. And if he plays his cards right, you know, who knows? He's not, probably not going to win this race in particular. But, you know, maybe a top five happens for Michael McDowell if the strategy is right. And if they do roll the dice and realize that they could, you know, make their their uh, position in the playoffs a little bit better if they were able to do something. So, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly on Michael McDowell, so much so that I'm going to add him as the winner of Group F over on Superbook. Michael McDowell comes in as the second favorite here at plus 265 with the likes of Ryan Priest, Chase Brisk, no, and Austin Sindrick uh, in this group. This is the last group in the mix, and... I mean, listen, the other names that I read off, we already have thrown Chase Briscoe out the window this race. We did say he was going to pop up and do well last week. What was he doing? He was running well, and then all of a sudden, it, it wasn't. So. He, he cashed his No, wait, he didn't finish. Top 10, top 10 so, finished. That's yeah. right. That's right. But, but he went a lap down and found his way up to the top. But we're off of him again this week because it's not the short, flat track that is New Hampshire. Uh, and so we're basically taking that off the picture. But as far as Ryan Priest is concerned... He has got uh, he had first race for him in this number 41 Stuart Haas car. And look, we've documented over the course of the season the struggles of Stuart Haas racing, so much so that Ryan Priest, in 20 starts, Cody, you want to take a guess how many top 10 finishes Ryan Priest has? Just, just off the top of your head. I'm going to say maybe two. You're going to be two more that you're wrong. It's zero. Wow. He has zero wow. top 10 finishes. Wow. In fact... In his last few starts, Atlanta was 24th, Loudon was 28th, Chicago 15th, Nashville 16th, Sonoma 13th. Not bad. He hangs around that top 15 area. But if we think that Michael McDowell is going to get a top 10 finish like we thought, then that's basically where he's going to have to be. And when you have zero top 10 finishes, I'm sorry, but you can't beat a guy that's inside the top 10 with no top 10 finishes. Uh, although last year in the 37 car, or I'm sorry, in 2021 in the 37 car, he did get an eighth place finish here, did Ryan Priest. He's the favorite in this, and I don't know why. He's at plus 255 over Michael McDowell. I'm not sure why Priest is the favorite, but whatever, we'll we'll pounce on this. As far as Austin Sindrick is concerned, uh, he is the last one on this list at plus 290, but he's only got one start in Pocono. He finished 31st last season, and Austin Sindrick, how often do we bring up his name on this show? He, look, he's got three more top 10 finishes than Ryan Priest, so that means he's got three top 10 finishes. Uh, but listen, he's got an average finish of 21st place. Not very good for Austin Sindrick this season. Far cry from his last rookie season, right, where he came out and won the Daytona 500, and everybody thought he was a darling, but 
Look, 25th at Loudoun, 27th at Nashville, 25th at Sonoma, 31st at Charlotte, 31st at Kansas, 26th at Dover and Talladega. I don't want to bore you with the rest of them, but suffice to say, I'm not really on Austin Cindric this week, so we could take that and leave it. Briscoe, just a quick recap of his uh, Pocono summary, 24th in 2021, 21st, 15th. Again, not a top 10 finish in there. Three or five top 10 finishes for Chase Briscoe this season, but his average finish is at 20 play, 20th place. Uh, before his 10th place allowed in 22nd in Atlanta, 20th at Chicago, 31st at Nashville, 29th at Sonoma, 34th at Gateway, 20th at Charlotte. I don't need to go on. It's just, it's not Chase Briscoe. It's Michael McDowell in winner of Group F at plus 265 over there on Superbook. Bank that down. I think that's going to cash. I love that. I actually had this one selected. I didn't look at all of your bets in a hole, but I did notice you had this one, so I had to cross it out, unfortunately. But I really, really love this group. Stuart Haas Racing, outside of Kevin Harvick, is going to suck ass this week. Once again, it's not a short, flat track. They will be trash. BJ McLeod is in this race. He'll likely beat Chase Briscoe yet again, as he's done most of the season. Ryan Priest, same thing. He's going to be out to lunch. Is Austin Cindric racing this year? TBD. I have not heard of him lately. So Michael McDowell, easily the guy to win this group at plus 265. I love this one, Rod. I do too. You know what else I love? Fantasy football. You know what else I love about fantasy football? Drinking while I play. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that love to do the same. We'll be back with our winners after this. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues. And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning. Give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including the injury report, studs and duds, waiver wire targets, and suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week. All that and more. Hop on over, give us a listen, come for the football, stay for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once, going twice. Sold. I can 100% say that my recent infatuation with old fashions has come strictly on the recommendations of Justin and Miranda. So thank you for finding a new way for me to become inebriated, Justin uh, and Miranda. You guys you guys are troopers in that. And, and listen, I didn't know I liked old fashions until... I started listening to their show, so thank you very much for that. Yeah, again, I could sing their praises all day, and you get to meet Love them this weekend. I, yes, hopefully that's the hopefully that's in the works for sure. <laughs> I'm super excited. That's going to be a lot of fun to to finally get to hang out with them and uh, and meet them in person, and probably have An one to fifty old fashions <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in that range. Over under to be released later this week. I'm taking the um, over. I don't care what the number is. <laughs> Let's get into some winners, Rob. Yes, sir. Since 2016, this driver leads all drivers with 31 Cup Series wins. Martin Truex Jr., I'm on him once again. Of the group of favorites, he is the one I believe in the most. Denny Hamlin is tempting because Denny's been so good here. Denny's been up and down lately, though he doesn't have the current form that I want to see. Kyle Busch, the switch to Chevy. I like him to finish in the top five. I don't know if he's going to quite have what he's had. Kyle Larson, I'm just out right now. Martin Truex Jr. is that guy. He is on a roll. 
as of right now, if I had a power ranking, he's the number one guy in the power rankings. William Byron's very close second, but it, it's Martin Truex Jr. for me right now. The way things are going, we just talked about it again. You throw out Atlanta, you throw out Chicago. Because of the wild cardness of those races, he has been on freaking fire. Picked it up last week. He led, what, 270 laps out of 301 or so, some ridiculous number close to that. Uh, and, and just he's still leading laps over in New Hampshire just for the fun of it because he can. Uh, and, and I think that carrying all this momentum, he's got the wins. Everything is going in his favor. He's a point series leader now. Uh, and things are just going so well for Truex. Why is it going to stop this week in a track where his team is very good? He's been good before. He's got multiple wins. I think it's going to keep rolling. Give me Martin Truex Jr. plus 650. If Truex does not get it done, Byron is the other guy on the board I like. Again, as you kind of go through the odds, there's just not a ton that I really like. I mean, even in this next group, it's kind of you got Chastain is plus 900 with, with Larson there. No thanks. Maybe if he was like 15 or 16, I'd maybe think about it. But Blaney's at 10 to 1. Eh. Christopher Bell, 12 to 1. Reddick. Even Elliott at 16 to 1 does nothing for me. I mean, it's just there's not really much else I like up here. But William Byron, again, I know that he didn't finish well at New Hampshire. The second half of the race was trash, but he's been pretty freaking good here. Um, he was 12th in the last two races that he competed in here. Um, but he has the third place finish in the first race in 2021. Um, and he's got five top tens in nine starts, as I mentioned before. Um, he just completely missed at the all-star race. But then he came back the next week at the Coke 600, led 91 laps and finished second. You could say he completely missed last week at New Hampshire. Look how quick they recovered on a bigger track after a miss at a shorter, flatter track like that. I'm not concerned at all about William Byron. Again, like I just said, if I was doing power rankings, it's Truex and Byron. One, two for me right now. I think they're the best two drivers and the best two cars at this point in time in the season. He's got all the wins under his belt. He's led all the laps lately. He was super fast to start the race last week before he got that damage. That obviously hurt him a lot uh, and just forced him to have a shit day. But William Byron, I don't think he should be as far out at 10 to 1 as he is. So he is the other pick for me. And then as I scroll down the board, it's tough, Rod. I, I just I don't see much I liked. So I'm just going to go down towards the bottom here, throw a dart, 65 to 1 over on Barstool. Chris Busher, he's won here before in a fog-shortened race for Front Row Motorsports of all places. Um, but I just, he's, he's shown enough to put himself kind of in position um, to, to be, you know, late in some of these races where you're like, look at that 17 car go. And we know that he can just come out and win a race. He did it last year at Bristol, right? It is a long shot. I think some things are going to have to fall into place for him. They could pull strategy. Maybe this turns into fuel mileage at the end of the race or something crazy. Uh, and I think that Busher is a guy who could put himself in position, late restarts, whatever it is, and wind up somehow in the lead. As far as a long shot goes, I think he's worth it at 65 to 1. Um, he started fifth and first in the last two races here, too which is of note. If he's starting up front, maybe he can find a way to just hang out up front all day. Again, he won that fog-shortened race in 2016. Um, and you have to go all the way back to April 2nd at Richmond. Was his last finish worse than 18th place? He has just continued to finish races, put himself in position to have good, nice, strong finishes. Had a good, solid 8th place run at Charlotte. 
earlier on the season. So again, it's a long shot for a reason, 65 to one, obviously, but I do think that Chris Buescher could put himself in position if the cards fall correctly. Maybe you can see him in victory lane uh, again at Pocono. You know, and we talk about it too, where the two RFK cars always seem to find themselves uh, in a race. I mean, they're always running around the same position. If and if and I think that Brad Keselowski is going to be somewhere in that top five, top ten range, then yeah, I honestly think that Bush is going to be there as well. And you know, the odds of him being able to get up to the win is obviously sixty-five to one. But you know, who knows, man? This is this is a lot of chaos that we're prepping for, and if this season has taught us anything, it's you prep for chaos and you. Hope that something happens to where you, you can cash these bets. So I'm with you on that. And, and again, we don't just throw out long shots just to have like I don't I don't have a long shot just to have one. Like there's a reason in this one maybe is a little more long shot than you're used to. Martin Trucks Jr. thirty five to one a couple weeks ago at Sonoma. Long shot, but look how that cashed for us, right? It's not it's not just throwing. I expect him to have a very good day. He's gonna need the help to win, but he can put himself in that position. And so it is still a long shot dart, but an educated long shot dart. Indeed. Yeah, there's obviously stats to back it up. So, um, all right, I'm taking a different approach. I'm not giving you an outright. Cody gave you three. I figured that's a good enough uh, range for it. So I'm going to take a different approach because I was not thrilled. I, I, I think Bush can win. I think Hamlin, we haven't even talked about Hamlin yet, which we're going to here in a second. But uh, obviously, Hamlin won this race last year were it not for a piece of tape in the wrong place. I mean, listen, cardboard wins you races, tape loses you. I don't know what happens in this instance. But uh, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch, I think both have the opportunity to win this race. I didn't want to pick between the two of them, so I didn't. Like, Denny Hamlin is at plus 550. Kyle Busch is at plus 550. It's a like 10, 15, 20 point difference in some of these books, but by and large, they're in the 500 range, right? So I figured, why the hell not throw them together and I put them in a Quinella. Uh, Caesars is giving you a Hamlin Bush Quinella. Obviously, we know that it doesn't matter who finishes first or second in this, as long as they both finish in the top two, you're going to get that at 10 to 1. I like that. I figured this is a better way to hedge because it's two of my favorite drivers to win, and instead of giving you one outright at 550, and if the other happens to win, then you're screwed. Well, I'll give you both at 10 to 1, and if they finish 1-2, then, then they actually cash this. So if you know if you bet on Bush and Hamlin wins, you're screwed. But if you bet on, you know what I'm saying? In this case, now, either one of them can be in the top two, and you're going to be fine. For Kyle Busch, we've already talked about Kyle Busch and his dominance uh, in this area and on this track. But for Denny Hamlin, it's it's a little bit of the same. And we just talked about how Joe Gibbs is going to be great on this. Obviously, we talked about last year he started in the pole. He won, right? Unfortunately, the tape kind of precluded him from winning that. Uh, but before that, in 2021, a 14th place finish in the fall race. We'll toss that out because it doesn't uh, back my narrative like that uh but in 2021 before that let's just be perfectly honest that 20 that 14th doesn't back what i'm saying the uh, next one's due fourth place in 2021 he won in 2020 uh, second place in 2020 first in 2019 sixth in 2019 before that so solid finishes for denny hamlin and look I'll, I'll i'll tell you right now that it has been rough for denny hamlin this season too as far as being able to be consistent we've seen good denny we've seen bad denny so many different times. He does have a win on the season. He's got eight top tens, five top fives. Uh, last week at Loudon, he was seventh, 14th in Atlanta, 11th after starting at the pole in Chicago. Rough go there. 
Uh, he did start in the poll in Sonoma, ended up 36, but third place in Nashville, second place at Gateway. He won in Kansas, right? Sixth in Atlanta, sixth at Fontana, fourth in Martinsville, fifth at Dover. Some really good performances out of Danny Hamlin, but this is a track where he's comfortable. This is a track where he's out for revenge. Denny Hamlin, this is the, the tape avenge game, I think is what it's going to be called. Uh, he wants to to wipe that tape gate out of his mouth and uh, and put in a win that doesn't get him disqualified. So again, like I said, we're putting these two together, Hamlin and Bush in a Quinella, 10 to 1 over on Caesars. I like that play better than picking a single head-to-head. I mean, we talked about how it might be a chalky week, right? That's the chalk of the chalk, but that's a way to get it at a good price. Um, so yeah, no arguments for me here. Those two guys, I think, are the best two at this track as far as active drivers. So hard to argue against it. And it's just a way to get creative, right? I mean, obviously, like we said, a lot of this stuff is chalk. So there's, if you want to try to to make it to where it's worth your bet, then this is the way to do it. Because again, it's it's just a way to take two of the favorites and make it way better in your favor than just taking the outrights. Exactly. I like it. Um, Cody, there's SRX racing. It's just, this is the part where we get to impart on you a little bit of extra, a little bit of fun. I mean, I know this isn't Cup Series, but it's got some Cup Series drivers in it. So why? We'll, we'll, take that, we'll take that stretch a little bit. But SRX racing, that last week was fun, albeit rain shortened. Well, I'm sorry, lightning shortened, but the rain yeah. did come in afterwards. But yeah, uh, this week, same track, different yeah. drivers, but still a lot of fun. I think we get to pick some picks on this one, do we? Yeah, exactly. We got some picks, and actually this week they have the head-to-heads out for us even. Uh, like you said, they were supposed to go to, I think it's Thunder Valley over in Connecticut mm-hmm. because of flooding and stuff. We're not able to make the trip over there, so they've decided to uh, return to Stafford. Some different faces in this one, though. I'll run through the list here. You got 13 drivers. Ryan Newman is back. Ryan Priest is going to be in this one. Kozlowski is back. Stewart is back. Daniel Suarez is in this one. Former Cup Series driver Greg Biffle making an appearance. Marco Andretti, Bobby Labonte, Paul Tracy, Haley Deegan, Kenny Wallace is going to be in this one as well. Ken Schrader, Tony Kanan are your 13 drivers. Uh, and that is in the list of their odds, all the way from plus 200 at Ryan Newman to plus 4,000 at Tony Kanan. Gave out Ryan Newman such big odds last week. It was like, what, eight? I think it was eight to one or something. Mm-hmm. Ends up running Hamlin down at the end. Doesn't have enough time to beat him. Now he's plus 200. Sad, sad day, but that's all right. A couple of head-to-heads I want to give out. Uh, two, two, I have two head-to-heads for you. I'm going to start with Ryan Priest over Ryan Newman, plus 145. So Newman is the favorite in this, and obviously we saw last week what he can do. So uh, I do you know, expect him to be very good. But when you're getting the second favorite at plus 145 to the first favorite, I, I think that the the price alone makes you have to look at this. Then you go back and you think Ryan Priest grew up racing at Stafford Speedway. He has raced in the modifieds at this track 41 times with nine wins, nine trips to victory lane in 41 modified starts. Um, He has raced a lot here. This is, it's Ryan Newman's as well, because Ryan Newman's a big modified guy and, and does this type of racing a lot now. But this is, Ryan Priest's, this is where he feels comfortable. This is what he's good at. It's this style of racing. Saw it last week. Denny Hamlin got in this car, goes out, wins the thing. Ryan Priest could do the same thing. Not to Denny Hamlin's talent level. Of course, we get that. But in this type of of car and track, I expect Priest to be good. 
I think getting him at plus four, 145 to just be one guy, yes, Newman should be the best guy, but so many things that can go wrong. Something goes wrong in the heat race. He has to start farther back. Maybe Priest gets to start farther up in the, in the main, gets to run away from him early. Maybe the lightning comes before Newman passes him to catch him. Who knows what happens? I think a plus 145, you've got to take that. Then I'm also going to take Tony Stewart over Brad Keselowski, minus 105. Brad did win that matchup last week because Stewart had a bunch of issues and didn't run most of the laps. But Tony Stewart is very, very good in these cars. He is uh, continually gets good finishes. Um, they are tied as the third favorites to win this race together. Um, but I just believe in Tony Stewart more. He's been obviously owns the series for one. He's been running these cars since day one. Great to see Brad in these, and he did well and fine last week. But expect Tony to rebound after a rough week. Tony's going to be battling for the the championship. He won the inaugural championship two years ago. Uh, Marco Andretti, of course, won it last season. But Stewart went back in there. He's already got a hole he has to start digging out of, and it's only a six race season, so you got to get dug out pretty quick. I expect a pretty good day from Stewart. So give me Ryan Priest over Ryan Newman in the Battle of Ryan's at plus one forty five. Give me Tony Stewart over Brad Keselowski in the battle of Hall of Fame or future Hall of Famers at minus 105. I like both of those. I also like my head-to-head that I've got, and I've got Paul Tracy over Haley Deegan. This is minus 120. And look, I mean, Haley Deegan, obviously we know she's a talented driver and she drives the hell out of the trucks that she's given. Uh, But in the SRX series, she has not beaten Paul Tracy. So, uh, you know, this is one of those instances where I'm taking pure stats on this. They've been in this situation before. And in fact, uh, Paul Tracy actually beat uh, Haley Deegan by one position last year on this track. Or I'm not on this track necessarily, but on uh, on a race uh, on the I-55 raceway. They did a head-to-head there, uh, but then in Nashville, uh, Paul Tracy actually finished in fourth last season. He had a pretty good run to end the 2020 season, or the 2022 season, rather, uh, and then again, he had a third-place finish to end at Stafford, so he's been good all the way around on this as well, so Paul Tracy, to me, like I said, he, in this head-to-head against Haley Deegan, has beaten her. Uh, Haley Deegan last week uh, was was good. I mean, listen, it was it was rough for her because th- there's a lot of beating and banging that goes around in this. There is a lot of physicality, and you know when you start getting tossed around in that, it's it's very difficult. Uh, she did have a respectable showing in fifth place. I want to know how that would have shaken out if the race got farther. But Paul Tracy finished fourth, which you know tells me obviously that's one spot higher. He still beat her in the head to head. So, uh, again, and now with more with Priest in this, uh, Daniel Suarez is in this as well. I mean, there's a couple more cup guys to get in the way of this. And, uh, again, I think Paul Tracy had a good run to end last season, started and back up where he, where he left off in fourth place at the to start this season. So, I think nothing but good things ahead for Paul Tracy. And, like I said, Haley Deegan will make a show out of it, but I just don't think she's got enough to finish inside the top five where Paul Tracy does. Haley shares a birthday with your daughter. Just turned 22 today. So happy birthday to her. Oh, happy but, birthday, uh, Haley Deegan. Yeah, pretty cool. Nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, not much of an argument from me here. These two have been fun to watch. They had quite the rivalry last season. They uh, were going at it. Both are full-time drivers in the SRX. So always fun when they get around each other. A lot of beating and banging and not very friendly on or off the track. So uh, no. always fun to watch. we got some winners to give out as, as well, Rod. Um, I'm going to jump on the Ryan Priest train. He's plus 450. Again, Newman at plus 200. It's hard to lay that. Uh, again, 
when you're betting this, keep in mind, as the JDK pointed out on the recap show, it's almost the WWE of racing, right? It's not completely scripted, but they'll throw phony cautions. If, if things are getting stretched out, they'll they'll change things up, and they're allowed to do that. That's the rules. That's how it goes. So keep that in mind because it can ruin your bets. You can't be too mad if it fucks up a bet just because you got to expect that, right, with this type of series. So keep that in mind. But um, Newman at plus 200, it's tough. But I think Priest at plus 450 is the right price. I think he should be the next favorite. And just like I talked about in the head-to-head, I think he can beat Newman. Very good at this track. So I do like Priest. I think the price is right. Give me Marco Andretti at 15-1, to too. It's a little bit of a longer shot. Defending series champion, though. He didn't win any races last year, which is of note. But defending champion means he ran really well throughout a lot of races. Um, finished sixth last week. So, again, it wasn't the best showing from him. But I think he's got more in him and as he continues to get more and more comfortable in these. Um, and I think that, again, just based on where the odds are at for everyone, these are the two guys I feel comfortable jumping in on. One guy up near the top and then one long shot just in case shit happens. Uh, yeah, well, I'll give you one of my, I guess, longer shots, as it were, too, and that's Daniel Suarez. We talked about him being in this race. He's at 7-1, to one, and, I mean, why the hell not? Daniel Suarez, obviously, we know, is a driver that can hang with everybody that's on that track. I mean, he obviously is one in a, a road course where there's a little bit of physicality that goes into that. These cars... All things equal. That's the thing about it, too. Daniel Suarez is in track house equipment, which is one of the better teams in, in the garage right now, and he's been showing it that he's been able to, to put in good finishes with track house. But all things equal, Daniel's a talented driver in and of, in and of his own right. So he's going to be able to keep up with these guys as well. And I think uh, given that, that little bit of adjustments that he needs to make to the car that he can make, I think he's going to get it dialed in. And, you know, just like you said, Cody, it's this is kind of like a – uh, anything can kind of happen in this race and anything kind of will. So for me, Daniel Suarez, I think that lends itself into it because obviously he grew up racing in Mexico with a, anything can happen, right? Cart racers and, and all those guys that, that are used to this sort of freestyle and wild out kind of driving. And I think Daniel Suarez is exactly that kind of guy. And look, when it gets a little physical, he's not afraid to get a little physical back. So um, do you know it's going to get physical? in these races. So I think he's going to give it as much as he gets it. And I think he's got a pretty decent shot to win this race as a cup series regular, as somebody who again has, has been able to, um, to, to show that he's good. Uh, granted he has not been in this series before, so there may be a little bit of a learning curve, but who knows, maybe at seven to one, Daniel Suarez can find the finish line first. Yeah, I like it again. I think these, these active cup series guys just, they race at the top level of racing week in and week out. So they've got an advantage. I think he's at a good price. Uh, so I like the call out there. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's do this. Get out your pen and paper. We'll go over all of our bets for this because it's been a long time since we made our first one. So you may have forgotten. So we'll we'll recap them for you. That's what we do here. Long, long show this week. But, man, there's so much racing to talk about this week. So many bets to talk about this week. I don't feel bad one bit. I Listen, so there was a, a, a CFL podcast that I used to listen to back in the day, and it was uh, uh, the um, – it's been so long I forgot it. But anyways, these guys had their CFL proper show that they talked about, the CFL. And then at the very end, they, they let you know, they were like, listen – the CFL portion of this is over. We're switching to Japanese baseball now. So they would do a whole like 20, 30 minutes on Japanese baseball uh, odds and, and talk about that. So 
you know, for me, it was like I, I kept listening because I didn't, I had nothing on Japanese baseball, but I loved them. So I, I listened yeah. to them talk. So I don't feel bad. What else are you going to be doing on Thursday night? Like, there ain't nothing else on. It's not September. Nobody's watching Major League Baseball. Like, Survivor's not Thunder, on. Baby. That's a way. Oh, that's <laughs> Wednesday night. Never mind. But uh, all right, get out your pen and paper. We're ready for you. Uh, Cody started you out with Byron over Bell. William Byron over Christopher Bell, minus 120 over on Superbook. I gave you Eric Jones as a top 10 car at plus 550 over on 365. Cody followed that up with a Martin Truex top five finish at minus 120 on Bet 365. I said Kevin Harvick would finish in the top five at plus 220 over on Bet 365. Cody said Kyle Busch would be a top five driver at minus 110 on Bet 365. I said Brad Kozlowski was going to finish better than Bubba Wallace, minus 115 on 365. Cody gave you Brad Kozlowski is a top 10 car at plus 140 over on Caesars. I said Kyle Busch would finish better than Kyle Larson at minus 125 on Bet365. Cody gave you Michael McDowell as a top 10 car at plus 800 on Caesars. I said McDowell was going to win Group F on Superbook at plus 265 over Priest, Brisk, No, and Sindrick. And then Cody gave you Martin Truex at 6.5 to 1. Byron at 10 to 1 and Busher at 65 to 1 to win this race. I said, take the Hamlin Bush Quinella at 10 to 1 on Caesars and don't look back. Then we tossed in a little extra CR our SRX action. And uh, Cody gave you Ryan Priest over Ryan Newman over uh, at bat one plus 145. Whew, a lot of words today. Uh, over there. And then uh, he gave you uh, Tony Stewart over Brad Kozlowski at minus 105. I gave you Paul Tracy over Haley Deegan at minus 120. And then, of course, Cody gave you Priest at 4.5 to 1 and Dreddy at 15 to 1 to win. I said Daniel Suarez at 7 to 1 to win the SRS XRX race <sighs> on Thursday Night Thunder to close out this betting card. We made That's it. That's a lot, Rod. We made it. I have one more. Well, it's two technically, but I'm going to lump them together. Fun facts, and just to realize the greatness that we're witnessing with these two guys, because for Harvick, we know it's the end coming up. For Truex, it's been talked about a lot this week. This could be the end as well, right? Kevin Harvick has now eclipsed, uh, as of Monday, when he, he passed 16,000 laps led in his career. He now sits at 16,009 laps led. That is 11th on the all-time list for lap leaders in NASCAR history. Martin Truex Jr. crossed the 12,000 laps led, now sits at 12,036, 17th on the all-time list. Talked about both of those guys today. We're betting on both those guys this weekend. Absolutely incredible how freaking good they've been. Long careers for both of them. Um, obviously, this is it for Kevin Harvick. This is his final season. Truex, I hope maybe is at this point, I, I, I was ready for him to retire last year, but at this point, I'm ready for him to come back next year, hopefully. But uh, We'll see. Could be nearing the end as well. So just uh, recognize the greatness as you watch them cash bets for us this weekend. I'll say as long as he keeps cashing bets, he can stay in the in the driver's seat. Who cares about that point? So right, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and put a pin in this episode and send everybody away to put their cards together. But in the meantime, and as we prep for trucks, Xfinity. And uh, Indy, and I don't know. We'll find some other stuff to bet on this weekend, too. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Check me out on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeeb. Uh, go check out the F1 Gambling Podcast. The Hungarian Grand Prix episode is out. Also going to have an IndyCar episode for Iowa odds whenever they decide to drop over there. So check it out. Come back here. Xfinity Cup. 
You might find gems like the 30 to 1 we hit last week in the Xfinity Series show. Uh, and then DFS slash underdog on, on Friday. Going to be a fun one as well. So uh, come back and join us and uh, enjoy these races and let's go cash some bets. Jam packed week. And it just keeps getting more packed. We are just cramming more content for your buck. Oh, by the way, this is all free. Uh, we're giving you all the content we can give you and having fun doing it. Follow me on Twitter at RJVagomas. Link in the bottom everything I got going on here, whether it's the back road in between media. I'm going to be on the back road with those guys too. Uh, Seth and Elliot will be talking about Pocono. And then, of course, catch my show for frequency's sake on uh, Fast Money over there on the YouTube channel. I'll lay out even some more bets for you guys to cash <laughs> this weekend as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Could be truck, could be Xfinity. Who knows? We'll get you there. But uh, until then, let's go racing and let it ride.